gift that I personally receive from this job. I don't even look at it as a job, honestly. I just, I love it. I love coaching. I really do. But I think seeing kids make those leaps and bounds that, you know, I never got to go through or I never got to see, you know, like it just makes me feel, feel good to like make their dreams come true, you know, or help them get to where they want to be. Whether that be, you know, playing Juco or, you know, D3, um, or even if it's like, I want to go from C team to varsity, let's get you there. You know, even those little tiny things, it could be like dribble the ball better, shoot the ball, you know, every little one of those little victories makes my job. The Bridging Impact Podcast, transforming leaders on and off the court with host Coach Furtado. Without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. Today, we got Coach Gutierrez on today. He is a coach at La Cueva High School as a JV and varsity assistant coach, and he's been coaching for four years. I'm excited to have him on today because we're both young young coaches who are hungry to learn. So welcome to the show, Coach Xi. I appreciate you having me. I can't wait to, you know, start chatting away. Yeah, there we go. So how we always start our conversations, we start with, you know, how has the game of basketball made an impact on your life? Well, you know, uh, basketball has been part of my life for a pretty long time now. I would say it really started to take off around probably like fourth or fifth grade. Um, I was uh, pretty sick as a younger kid, so I didn't really get to play too many sports or, you know, have the same experiences. Uh, you know, in and out of like the hospital and stuff like that. But thankfully, everything cleared over. Um, and actually, um, the coach that I'm with now, I did one of his programs because he used to coach at the high school, the first school that I attended and had that first coaching job with. Um, he used to be the head coach and he had a little summer program. And uh, I remember he played like one of those, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan mixtape type deals on YouTube. Yeah. And that really kickstarted it, you know? And I was like, like I said, fourth grade or fifth grade or whatever it was. And I finally had that shot and I just ran with it. It changed my life completely. 100%. Isn't it? No, yeah, keep going. Oh, I was, you know, ever since that, it's just been, you know, basketball, basketball. There's been lapses um, with the game, of course. You know, we all go through the love to hate it, you know, but... Now it's all just love, and I just I can't stress it enough. You know, I love preaching the game of basketball still, and I think that's why I fell in love with coaching so much to, you know, bring my passion to the kids. Absolutely, yeah. Bringing that passion is so important, and you talked about you brought up an important point of you know talking about that mixtape and what it meant for you, and it's I think something that we sometimes overlook as coaches is that the little things that we have so much power and influence over our athletes, we never know what exactly is going to connect with them. So how does that experience of you being exposed to the Kobe Michael Jordan mixtape, you know, kind of influence your coaching now? Well, you know, it's it's kind of like how you're saying. You you really got to learn each one of your, your kids, really. You know, every every kid has a different way of, you know, learning or communicating. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned as a young coach is you got to kind of know your personnel and how, you know, you could influence them into 
to loving or how, into wanting it more, you know, because a lot of the, you don't know their situations or, you know, how they think. And I think that is, I think such a big deal, you know, you got to really connect with your players and just find what, what gets, gets to them even beyond, you know, the mixtapes or, you know, um, the drills or being around them or even saying, you know, how's your morning or being there for them. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. Yeah. And I think sometimes when I hear the know your personnel kind of statement, right in the past, you know, with other coaches that I've worked with in terms of, you know, older coaches, they're talking about the on court, but to me, like what you were just talking about is like connecting with them off the court. So can you talk about how you prioritize connecting with your athletes off the court to build that connection and get to know them, you know, more. So you build that trust. So then you can have those relationships and have that mixtape moment. Right. Absolutely. Um, well, I took uh, I took the step, and I never thought I would be an you know educator or you know follow this as my career path. It kind of just happened, but I can't you know um, that's probably the, one of the best things that happened to me. You know, this is this is my dream job. You know, coaching basketball, uh, being around the sport still is what I want to do. So I want to make sure that I can prove their you know give that to the kids as well. So I. Uh, Every coaching job I take, I try to, you know, really, you know, make myself known. Uh, so, for instance, the first school I was at um, is a smaller independent private school in Albuquerque. Um, but, you know, I was working there for about two years. So I was around campus, you know, talking to the players, um, going to different sporting events, whether that be basketball, soccer, you know, whatever that might be. Um, just trying to make sure that I was around. I think that's the big thing that even like whenever I was playing, I didn't really get a lot of, um, I, I made it a vow when I started um, coaching the sport to, you know, be, be there for my players and, you know, really make sure they knew that they had a coach that cared, you know, because um, my high school playing career was, you know, that was one of the moments where I uh, loved to hate basketball. <laughs> Right. you know, I had like four or five different coaches in the span of my high school career. There wasn't really any structure. Um, the school was kind of, you know, not struggling with athletics, but it wasn't their, you know, priority, which is fine. Um, but it kind of took a, a damper on us as a team. You know, team morale was not the greatest. Uh, we didn't get the same, you know, training regimens or money put into the program that we would have liked so we didn't get to shine um as we would have liked even to like the individual level you know like um increasing our game or whatever that might be so you know to make sure that the, the my love of basketball was you know given to those kids tenfold so they didn't have to go through the same kind of motions I did. Hundred <laughs> percent. So would you say that your kind of motivation and drive to be an influential and impactful coach stems from your experience that, you know, learning what not the experience should look like, right? And, you know, wanting to give those training regimens and that connection, that piece that you didn't have when you were in high school. Because as you know, one of my favorite quotes is, and I honestly don't know who the original person is that said this, but athletes don't 
care how much you know until they know how much how how much you care. So would you say that's a big motivating factor in how you coach? I would definitely say so. Um, you know, I I think the biggest gift that I personally receive from this job, I don't even look at it as a job, honestly. I just, I love it. I love coaching. I really do. Yeah. But I think seeing kids make those leaps and bounds that, you know, I never got to go through or I never got to see, you know, like it just makes me feel feel good to like make their dreams come true you know, or help them get to where they want to be, whether that be, you know, playing Juco or, you know, D3, um, or even if it's like, I want to go from C team to varsity, let's get you there. You know, even those little tiny things, it could be like dribble the ball better, shoot the ball, you know, every little one of those little victories makes my job so much better. And it's just one of those things, right? It's kind of addicting, you know, it's, it's like, uh, Seeing other people's success brings me so much joy. You know, I, I just want to see everybody kind of get over that hill and, you know, take off. I love that. Yeah, seeing that other success, watching them grow and develop. I, I fell in love with that even before I started coaching basketball. I got into, you know, working at the Boys and Girls Club. So just watching kids emotionally grow, like be able to handle certain situations that may they may not have been able to handle before. And I'm curious, you know, as young coaches, right, is there anything that you see in the game as a young coach that you kind of want to change that, you know, was maybe a typical stereotype for, you know, older coaches or, or more experienced coaches? You know, um, I think, you know, I'm going to hit on one of my previous points, and I think that's knowing the personnel, especially in today's day and age. I feel like kids are just not particularly raised different, but the way they think or the way that you talk to them is say much more different than you and I were kids or, you know, you and I were younger. I feel like, you know, um, some kids might not react to, you know, the face to face yelling in your face anymore as, as well, or, you know, um, maybe that's just one example or, you know, maybe, um, the way you address somebody or the way you talk to somebody, they just don't understand it because they don't get that maybe in their personal life or their parents or their siblings, you know? Um, so I've been really learning as a coach to like maybe get that one-on-one time or, you know, try to like pull them over a side of practice, get to know your players a little bit better. Be like, how, what am I doing right coaching wise that can, you know, help you? What can I change? Things like that. Um, I just think the game is always evolving so quickly that it's even hard for, you know, you and I to catch up with it. So I think we're all just learning how to be like, okay, well, I need to do this, this and that, but hold on, let me back up here and here, you know? I believe the common thread to what you're kind of saying right there is you just being a sponge and being a learner, right? Being able to adapt, right? am I connecting with this athlete the best that I can and having those conversations, that dialogue and, and asking those questions and having the humility, humility as a coach to seek that feedback. And so can you talk about how you have grown? You know, I know you've been coaching for four years, but if you like look back, what do you think the biggest thing, biggest growth area of development for your coaching from day one on year one to where you are now entering with this new job at La Cueva? Right. 
Um, you know, I've uh, thankfully I also picked up. Uh, I've been coaching club too, so that was also very helpful just to see like a different side of um, maybe players, parents, whatever. Um, when I first started, I didn't really know. You know, maybe I was a little nervous because you know I am, like I said, a, a younger coach, and I was like, well, I get the same respect. Um, you know, respect thing is yeah. huge because you know you want your kids to like look at you as someone they could come talk to or you know whatever that might be but my biggest struggle was these kids thought I was like their best friend so they could like talk to me in that way um and I was like hold on a second (laughs) you know that's not the case um you know I'm here for you but I'm, I'm not your like buddy you know I'm here to elevate your game I'm here to coach you I'm here to teach you you know so I feel like knowing how to have different roles for different, I guess, areas of being a coach, you know, whether that be like um, how to talk to the kids, how to talk to the parents or how, how you, you want yourself to be seen in those lights, you know? So there's different levels that I've had to learn how to kind of adapt to and how I address myself or how I say this or how I talk to the kids, how I talk to the parents. I don't want to be seen in different lights. I just rather want to, you know, be seen as coach G or coach Gutierrez, you know, not, uh, I could talk to him here and here like this, or, you know, whatever that might be. Cause for the longest time, the kids would address me by my first name and I didn't really like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't really know you like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know, as the years went by, it got better and better. And I think the, uh, the reputation is coach stuck so i feel like in those beginning years or like year and a half you had to kind of gain your respect so i feel like that would be like the biggest theme is kind of gaining your respect as a coach not only from your kids but from your you know coaching staff or you know whatever that might be i 100 percent agree i definitely have very similar experiences with that and i'm curious you know like if you could you know, share any stories or, or any wisdom and dive a little bit further on, on setting those boundaries. Cause I know, I'm sure the young coaches that are out there listening as well, like have struggled with this and have the same thing where they'll come up to me and, and they will not, they talk to me different than they talk to the JV and varsity coach because they're older. Right. And they, right. you know, I look more like their age, right. I, I'm in my twenties, you know, I've really graduated high school less than 10 years ago. So there is that connection. And I think that's part of the reason that I, connect with them better but at the same time is it connecting in the in the right way so i'm just curious if i can you know get to know a little bit how you built those boundaries yeah absolutely you know we're we're uh you're, singing, you're preaching to the choir you know we were yeah. like it's the same exact uh experience um and i think that having the other job also kind of was maybe a little strange to them too you know i graduated from the school some of them knew of me of me, I don't really, I don't think I knew any of the, you know, players uh, beforehand, but I think the problem was they knew of me and they saw me around and they were like, oh, it's, it's Jude, Jude, Jude this. And then, what's up, Jude? And I said, ah, like the first day I practiced, you know, I had to pull my team aside and say, hey guys, listen, when you're in the gym, even outside of the gym, this is what I go by. This is my title. I'm just like a teacher. You wouldn't call your teacher by their first name. I would hope you wouldn't call me about his name. You know, you have to like kind of give him a briefing because I just think it's like, I don't believe that yelling at them or, you know, trying to drill 
this this idea in it is just going to work. They won't listen. Uh, you know, that's my experience. Even outside, even like club or whatever. Like if you're just like yelling and just trying to be like one of those drill sergeant type coaches, yeah. I just feel yeah. like it goes over their head. They won't listen. So you have to like spend some time with it. Um, definitely like lay your ground rules and have, you know, repercussions, you know, because there's definitely, you know, I definitely had a lot of that, you know, not like anything crazy, but, you know, like, you know, maybe extra drills or, you know, push-ups, <laughs> something like yeah. that. Not like sprint them or whatever, but um, I just think it's like one of those things that the older coaches definitely get the respect because they are looked at different. Right. But I think as the course of the season goes on, you know, they realize that you control their minutes or that you control their whatever. You you basically are this king figure, I guess you could say. You know, like right. you, you're running the show. So I think once they understand that and they garner that respect and they see you coach, I think that's whenever it kind of shifts. Right. And, that um, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and I, I had like one or two of my players on my club team um, in that break in that summer spring break in my early years so i think that also helped because you know um we traveled a lot we were in california nevada and texas and oklahoma and you know we were playing higher competition so i think since he was a varsity player um and he started getting used he was kind of seen as the leader on the on the team anyway you know um or one of the you know seniors going into senior year um, and once they saw him addressing me as coach, I think that's really whenever it was like, oh, okay, if he does it, then I think we should do it too. Right. And, and you talked about an important point. It's just that accountability. Like, obviously, we're going to have to address that maybe more than a more experienced coach. But I think also recognizing our gifts, like we're going to be able to connect and relate and they may be willing, more willing to tell us certain things and build that relationship that maybe they wouldn't be with a different coach. So there's like, you know, pros and cons of obviously having that youthful energy, that youthful feel to it. And, and it's, it's about the art of coaching, right? There's no right answer. You know, we're not going to come in and there's no, you know, for your team and my team. And I feel like one of the things that I've learned and I had my varsity coach on the podcast a couple months ago, coach Bezio, and he was, you know, just talking about how his coaching journey, he just had to feel and, and find that, you know, he started coaching like his old coach, right? A little bit more drill sergeanting, kind of like what we're talking about, but that wasn't authentic to him, right? They can kind of sniff out, like players are very smart, whether you're right. being authentic um, or not. And I think, you know, recognizing our own, you know, strengths and skills and what we bring to the table will really help our athletes, you know, understand us and who we are. And so with that and understanding um, when it comes to your like, you know, kind of relationship building, how do you make sure that you have the time to do that outside of, you know, obviously coaching? Because I feel like one of the biggest challenges, right, is we only get, you know, set amount of hours for practice, right? And then, you know, you got to go home after or they have to go home. Like, how do you make sure that you make time to build relationships with athletes, especially in the high school season? Right. Um, you know, um, I really have started uh, to do like my own coaching. I really want to start my own like, one-on-one type coaching 
um, regimen, and I kind of like started it. So I've been having you know some one-on-one time with you know some of the players and trying to like say you know I'm here if you need the gym or you know whatever that might be. Um, but really, it's just um, our my old team that I was a part of was really good at um, team bonding. You know, like setting up like maybe a weekend here and there uh, to you know go watch a movie or you know do this in the middle of a you know we had summer tournament so maybe we go out to eat after one of our games right. or, you know, something like that. Um, I feel like those little things like that really let the players know that, oh, it's like a family where we're, we really are like a little tiny family, you know, or because you see it, you know, the way they talk or the way they act whenever they're there. It's like, oh, I feel comfortable. So if they feel comfortable outside of practice. I feel like they're even more comfortable with us in the gym. So I think trying to be available but with boundaries, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, they'll have, you know, they're, they'll text you or whatever, but I'm like, you can't text me at 10 o'clock at night, you know? Or, like, no. they'll be like, I'll be like, you know, you could text me if you need, like, a concern about basketball or, you know, whatever. You you need a person to talk to about, you know, I'm not feeling good. I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's let's talk it out. Let's see what's going on. Like, you know, try and be a mentor, but, like, you definitely have to have that you know, boundary. 100%. It, it, and then that's the art of it, right? It's like, you know, especially because I feel like as I hear us both talking, um, I feel like it's sometimes they look at us as a big brother. And, you know, there are lines that it's not always like, right, it's we're working in the gray, right? It's right. hard to kind of go full black, full, full white, right, in terms of you, you call me this, you text me here, right? Because then there are certain concerns and, and things that go on and, and timing. But I feel like that's, you know, at the end of the day, as long as we're kind of doing our best and, and having them respect our boundaries and, you know, putting our best foot forward to, to make an impact on them, that's that's what matters most. And, you know, as we kind of think about, you know, as, as young coaches, where do you think the game of basketball, but more importantly, coaching um, should be shifting and moving towards right in the next five to 10 years. What do you hope to see change in maybe, and especially, you know, you've seen the club landscape going to so many different tournaments. Right. Um, you know, I just, I really think being, you got to really take it, um, your own coaching style. Uh, you got to drop the ego. A lot of coaches have like that ego where I'm always right. It's my team. It's my game plan. It's, you know, it's whatever, whatever that might be. I've seen it happen tenfold and I'm sure you have too. Um, I really think that with how fast the game of basketball has shifted and is changing and it's always going to change. I just feel like sometimes you got to take that ego and put it on the back burner and be able to like take criticism from maybe your players or, you know, your, your fellow coaches, like be open to criticism and that building. Cause that's like, like that, you know, it's building you up. It's literally like, Oh, don't do that. And just constantly belittling each other. It's mostly like, okay, you did this here, but we need you to do this or take this input and not get your feelings hurt because it's not what you had in mind. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like there's just too much of a, a common ground of ego and coaches and not being able to, you know, adapt and change. I just feel like it's 
in today's world is just inevitable. 100%. So you're kind of talking about like that lifelong learning, like you were talking about, I feel like there has to be some aspect of humility. I'm curious, you know, if you have any thoughts on, you know, pieces of feedback that you would be willing to share that you either received from a varsity coach, from a mentor, or from an athlete that made you kind of like, you know, question like, oh, okay, maybe I'll start doing something a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, the first head coach I was under, his name is Coach Clifton Davidson. Um, he is still the head coach at uh, that first school I was at. Um, but he completely was a mentor to me. You know, he, um, my senior year, he was like the JV. I can't remember if he was a head coach JV or the assistant coach JV. But, you know, he kind of knew of me. And, you know, I just, um, I was lucky enough to be a part of his coaching staff for a long time. And I definitely took uh, his advice. You know, he would just say like little things like, you know, um, maybe, you know, change this press here or, you know, learn how to, take advice from this player because this player might not like do or might not take your your particular coaching style right now maybe you need to like go talk to him a little different you know so it was like the little tiny things um like that that really stuck with me and i think that still stick with me and you know as i've said it before that's where i get my know your personnel maybe um get off my high horse a little bit because you know in the beginning, that's all I wanted to do. I was like, oh, I want to I want to be my coach. You know, I want to be my own coach. I don't want to listen to this game plan. I have my own plays, you know, stuff like that. You know, I was, I think we all do it when we first start off because, you know, we're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a coach now, <laughs> you know? Right. Where it's right. kind of like that power and you're like, oh, I could do whatever I want with my team. Right. It's that illusion of control, right? I'm like, oh, we're going to develop. We're going to, we're going to play exactly like this. We're going to look like the Spurs. We're going to look like the Warriors, you know, like having like kind of these thoughts and in minds. And then we have to, you know, kind of go back to what you're talking about is know your personnel, right? Do he have players that can make reads to do that? Or do we have a different team and we have to play a different style of basketball, right? I actually had that conversation the other day, you know, because I see the game a different way. Um, I was like, you know, set a pin down, set a flare. And and coach was just like, he's like, these guys are not going to do that. I'm like, exactly. come on, exactly. you know, I'm like, why, why not? You know, like as, as a, maybe that's just me as a young coach, kind of like exactly what we're talking about, like a little, not necessarily arrogant, but like in it's terms like of, you know, you know, you think yeah, that you, you, you're going to be like the next, right. like you said, you're going to be like the next Greg Popovich or the next coach. <laughs> right. Like right off the bat, right. you're like, cause I, I was the same way. I was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to implement all my presses. Cause you know, I'm a, I'm a, I like to think of myself as a defensive coach. I love, you know, yeah. pressing teams, but I have to realize yeah. that maybe my team can't press or, you know, I don't have the, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't have the yeah, best yeah. enough personnel yeah. Yeah. or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, or maybe you do this year, maybe you don't. It's just like one of those things yeah. where I'm like, okay, maybe I need to step back and just learn my own players before I say anything or do anything because I've, I'm definitely been, you know, in that, in that seat. Um, and I've definitely been like, okay, go run this. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know? 
And I think that's the challenge of high school basketball too, because we get players. We don't, I mean, we get to like cut players, sure. But at the end of the day, we're not college basketball coaches. We can't recruit towards a system, right? We right. We get the players, right? And I'm not saying like that, that's a problem, right? It's a privilege to be able to do that. And coach, it's just like, it, it changes the style of how you coach. And, and I'm not sure where you're at. I'm not at a private school. We're at a public school. So we can't really right. recruit, right? We, we just get who shows up at our doorstep and we're like, let's roll with it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think this is going to be a huge learning year for me because I'm going from that small, you know, 300 kids, six through 12 uh, school. And La Cueva is a, a 5A public school in the APS right. system that 2,000 kids, then they're high school. And that's just a high school. So I'm going from, you know, a six through 12 to a high school, but that's like three times bigger. And they have different policies and different, you know, a whole different basketball uh, structure that, you know, this is going to be my first year there. I'm going to be learning, but thankfully, you know, I've been there for a little bit of the preseason. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm super excited because again, it's another huge learning opportunity. Um, I'm with a coach that I know. Um, I already feel comfortable in their system and, you know, I'm just starting to gain my insight on the players and i'm trying to again make myself known i've been to some football games already i'm still trying to go to you know some volleyball games or whatever that might be um but it's definitely going to be a, a learning curve because you know at the old school um super small uh no cut rules um you know it was just a whole different system here we got the cuts you know it's the the whole nine yards so i'm gonna have to learn how to adapt my coaching style and my, I guess, ways of thinking completely. But, you know, that's just something that that goes with the job. And I'm, I'm super excited about it, you know? Yeah, that's the fun part of the journey. We're always leveling up. We're always getting not necessarily necessarily new opportunities, but every season is a new opportunity to grow as a coach, whether you're at the same program or a new program and kind of develop into that, you know, different role what are you looking to you know kind of really expand on your game with coaching it could be kind of more of a basketball um you know kind of realm of, of how you teach and give feedback or is it are you looking to level up your leadership what are you really hoping to get out of this this season i know you talked about you know learning but and, and sometimes right. it's right you got to learn and learn on the fly right you can't plan your learning all the time but is there exactly. anything you're kind of going into this season with uh you know i think this season i I think my it's going to be a, a piece of everything. I, I really like to have like a little, maybe a little like nuggets of information or, you know, maybe work on a little bit of my leadership skills a little bit more. You know, I, I feel like they're pretty good, but I feel like we can always learn, always upgrade. Right. Um, and definitely on the basketball side of things, I, I'm a big like X's and O's type coach. Um, I think I do better with the more tactics based uh, you know, strategic play Collins type stuff. So I kind of want to get right. better at that. Um, maybe like making better reads, um, taking a little bit more time in, you know, the film room or, you know, I try to do 30 minutes a night on just, you know, maybe going on YouTube and trying to find new plays. Um, you know, I, I watch a lot of like the UConn women's basketball team. I think that they have a lot of great plays. I think, um, you know, college, women's college basketball is so underrated. <laughs> you know, if you watch it, it's so fundamentally sound. Um, and I think I spent a lot of time watching their 
plays because I think their plays are run to perfection, you know? Because, um, you know, it's like one of those things. Um, women's basketball is just so fundamental. Um, right. I feel like, you know, boys boys and men's basketball, you know, we're great. It's great to watch, but it's a lot of, like, the same. It's a lot of ISOs, a lot of, like, you know, uh, top of the key screen roll, you know, kick out to the corner threes. Every You know, it's like the same. Everybody has the same uh, play calling. It's kind of, like, repetitive, repetitive. It's not really plays, at least in the NBA. Um, that's what I've seen, at least. I don't know if you would agree or not, but... You know, the NBA is definitely, like, one of those things where it's just kind of like, man, like, do they, are they trying anymore, <laughs> you know? No, the NBA, the NBA is clear, pure, pure entertainment, at least during the regular season. You know, you're obviously seeing some more actions during the postseason, some better defense. But in general, I would say, yeah, WNBA, women's basketball, I always tell my players who watch women's basketball, they are just fundamentally better than men because men right. get away with it, with their athleticism. They do a lot of the things that are just, or, yeah, you know, right, exactly. Hide, hide some of the, their deficiencies. And that's why I always encourage people to, instead of, you know, kind of, well, what what it, what do they do it now? They they hold themselves back, but they call they reclass, they reclass, and they go down, right? Obviously, so they can eventually play play up and play at a different age grade. Well, right. in reality, you're going to become a better player if you actually reclass up. I mean, obviously, that means you lose a year, so I'm not necessarily recommending that. But maybe for like a club basketball, you're going to be better, right? Because you have to be more skilled when you play people who are more athletic and taller and I have this young fifth grader and I also coach his older brother who's in ninth grade and the fifth grader is incredibly skilled because he always gets his butt kicked by this ninth grader you know like yep. he has to be skilled to like even get one bucket on his ninth grade you know brother who's literally like two feet taller than him not not actually but right, you know right. like those different skills are is so important so you talked about like learning I'm curious you know what you know you talked about UConn's women's college or women's college basketball for their plays what other you know kind of resources are you you know watching or reading or learning to become a better coach to um i do a lot of audiobooks um so like start with why i don't know if you've ever read that um it's like a leadership yeah. book um yeah. you know i try to read from time to time you know um maybe get like a new audiobook on you know leadership or maybe like a, a coaching book. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the title, but I had a um, book by, or a book of Coach Belichick, Patriots, you know, trying to learn about his like dynasty. And I know it's football, but you know, all coaches kind yes. of think similarly, you know? Right. Um, I think a little like pieces of information like that or resources like that really can elevate somebody's way of thinking it definitely changed mine um i watch a lot of basketball <laughs> like, yeah you know whether that be going to another school and you know just watching their whatever team play or watching the nba like you know i was dissing on the nba for whatever entertainment but you know i still love the nba all right um, of course any any basketball like i said i'll i just watch so much of it i try to you know retain little things um you know i do watch it for entertainment but i do definitely sit with you know maybe like a play app try and like recreate a play i saw or you know um write it down i definitely do a lot of that 
will I use it? Maybe, you know, again, it falls into like what team I have that year and like, can they execute what I'm trying to, trying to get done here? But, um, yeah, I I definitely think, and honestly, there's a lot of podcasts. And like I said, you're doing a great job at it. Um, getting, um, you know, these other coaches and I think learning other people's perspectives on this is just like so beneficial. So, so beneficial just because you get to see how other people kind of think whenever they're coaching or like their philosophies and how your philosophies line up maybe. But I think that's huge. I think we're all same, but different, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. We have our own different styles, but we, at the end of the day, we all, most of us coaches want to impact players and we want to win, right? Like at the end of the day, right. like we have similar right. goals. It's just, we, you know, have different areas and, uh, you know, think about different ways to get to those goals, which is fine. Um, and I think that's the beauty of having, you know, a guest like you on the podcast and, you know, other people that, that come together and have these conversations and dialogues. And, you know, I'm just curious uh, as a young coach like yourself, like what, you know, kind of vision do you see for yourself? Do you want to eventually get into collegiate coaching or do you want to stay in the varsity world? Do you want to expand into professional coaching? Um, you know, have you, what are your kind of thoughts on that? I really, you know, I, I think about that a lot, honestly. I'm glad you asked that. Um, I really want to go as far as I'm able to go. <laughs> I know that's really yeah. cliche and it sounds, you know, like I'm dodging the question, but really I, this is my passion. This is what I love. I love, I love basketball. Yeah. I love coaching, you know, um, I would like to coach collegiate level and maybe, maybe the NBA, you know, um, I would love it. I know it's kind of like, uh, one of those things where, you know, I, ne- I never played in the NBA. I didn't play in a huge D one school or whatever, but I like, I, I know basketball. I watch it so much and I feel like some people like it's like another respect thing, you know, They're like, Oh, you don't have that resume. I don't know if I could trust you. you know. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that's kind of holding me back a little bit, but it's also like, it drives me to become even better as a coach, you know, take that extra hour to watch film or take that extra day to watch some basketball, you know, to be more sound in the game and know what you're talking about i think that's so not more beneficial but it helps so much to gain that level of respect that i'm kind of missing you know like that piece that i'm missing you know yeah we have to be extra knowledgeable right some people they're just going to respect right because of that's how they look they look like a more experienced coach it doesn't matter if they probably have only played football or you know they right one of the one of the things that I've come across um, with a lot of coaches and coaches who are more talented basketball wise than me, because their athleticism has allowed them to go far in the game, it doesn't necessarily mean that they can teach the fundamentals of basketball, right? Whether it's you know young people, middle school, and so I think that's where young, hungry coaches like us who are watching, you know film are watching different breakdowns are watching leadership and are hungry right we're learning how to coach right like playing and coaching are is way different and i learned that my first year of coaching um, oh, where yeah. i was like say, you know like kind of what you're talking about i was saying things and they would look at me like i was like santa claus you know like what in the world are yeah. you talking about you know like right. i think 
we just have to continue to learn and be a sponge and, and just like anything, right? If I want to be a great player, I got to be in a lab in the gym. Well, if I want to be a great coach, I better be knowledgeable about the subject if I really want to make an impact on them. Exactly. And exactly. And it's like, I think I've told so many players that are like, they'll come up to me and they'll get all mad. They're like, oh, coach, you made this play call wrong or you did this or that. And I'm like, well, hold on, hold on a second. I don't think you understand that being a player and being a coach, way two different things. Way like different. I see the game way in a different. different way that you see the game, right? And maybe maybe I didn't make the wrong play call. We've all done it. But it's like, you know, what I see is much more different than what you're seeing right now. I think I might have an idea, you know? Or like, I think the biggest thing too is sometimes I'm like, if you just listen to what I say, and you do the, what I say, I promise it'll be all right. And then they do it, and it's, you know, we score or whatever. And I'm like, I told you, just just listen. I feel like nowadays they just always want to, you know, go back and forth. They're like, oh, coach, I want to do play one instead of play three. And I'm like, uh, it's not going to work right here, you know? Yeah, yeah. I get that. And that's, that's the fun. That's the art of coaching. Right. And that's, yeah. the, that's the joy of it. And sometimes, you know, like other day, I'll, I'll share a quick story before we hit the, the two minute mark of our podcast. Um, I, they were like texting because we had to practice outside because the other gyms were being used and they were like complaining. I'm like, Oh my God, these kids are so lucky that they get to play basketball, blah, blah, blah. They're, keep in mind they're ninth grade. I was just like, it's just that reminder of like, okay, this is why I coach. So I can teach them like, Hey guys, you know what? I'm going to use this as an opportunity. We're not complaining this year, right? Yeah. We are. We get the we get the opportunity to play basketball. You know how many people I could cut twenty plus people that would kill to have your spot that would play outside. So if you don't want to play, like I can go call them, right? Yeah, so right. you know, it's it's just having that teaching moment with them and and recognizing that you know they're still young people, they're still learning, and they see the world different. And I think that's sometimes as a coach, we 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 expect them to think like a coach. It's like no, maybe we have one or two players that think like the coach, but the rest of them, like we really have to work on on teaching every single day. So as we you know kind of enter that that two minute mark of our of the fourth quarter of our podcast, what would you give like final pieces of advice for the coaches and and even the the parents that are listening to this podcast on how we can make the most amount of impact on our athletes? You know, keeping the energy up, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people don't realize how beneficial energy is, you know, keeping your energy up, keeping your players' energy up. Um, you know, that carries. If, even in a game, say like you're on the bench, but you hit like a, a three to tie it up. You don't want like a dead bench. You know, that's what my co my head coach and I have been talking about recently is energy will carry you to greatness. That like just being positive and not tearing each other down and just keeping the keeping the pride, keeping your, your school pride, the pride for basketball, pride in yourself will carry you out through life. And I teach that as, you know, not only in basketball, but throughout your life. It's life lessons. 100%. Yeah, no, that's, that's incredibly crucial and important. So, you know, energy raises human performance. That's something I heard this summer. So I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you on that. Um, how can people if, if for those that listen and really want to connect with you, because I agree with your message, how can they reach out and, and find you and, and look at the work that you're doing? Okay, um, probably my Instagram, which is coach underscore goots. Um, that's probably the biggest or the best way to, you know, reach out to me. 
Um, that has all my other social medias linked. Um, I try to be active on there. I'm trying to start, you know, my own projects kind of like yourself. So hopefully in the, in the coming, you know, months or maybe year, I'll have my, my own coaching, um, one-on-one coaching going on. So I'm just hoping to keep on evolving and keep on helping the youth, you know? There we go. I love it. Thank you so much for your time, Coach G. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like, subscribe, leave a comment, and a review on whatever platform you're on. It's the best way to help us grow. We appreciate you for doing that. We'll shout you out on social media. I'd also love if you connected with me on social media. Let me know your thoughts, and this is why I do it. I want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward and make an impact on the world. So... Stay tuned, stay subscribed, cheers.